Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, Shauna here. And it's true, the millennial generation is really unlike any before it. There's good stuff like technology and digital apps, and then not so good stuff like new money worries and a changing job climate. Today's guest, referred to by Forbes as the millennial expert, Andrew Au, agrees that the millennial generation isn't lazy. They're just different. There's a lot of stereotypes here in terms of millennials are lazy and entitled and they don't care about their finances. And I, and I think it's actually, it, it couldn't be more opposite. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain.
Hi, this is Elton John here. Throughout my US tour last year, we heard from thousands of fans that financial security and financial planning are hugely important to them. So important that David and I are continuing this vital conversation into 2023. Together with the Alliance for Lifetime Income, I'm spreading the word about the importance of protected income, which is money you're guaranteed to get. Like me, I'm sure you have big plans for your next chapter. Protected income from an annuity helps ensure you have all your bases covered so you can have the financial freedom to tick off your bucket list. The first step is to decide what's on your bucket list. Then meet with your financial advisor to ask if you have protected income and get their help making a plan that fits your unique financial goals. Join me and my friends at the Alliance for Lifetime Income. Together, we can help make financial freedom in retirement a reality for more Americans, starting with you. Go to protectedincome.org today. Andrew embodies everything it means to be a quote-unquote millennial expert. He's a modern business leader who helps these big global brands know how to translate millennial. And at the age of 22, he was the youngest person to be inducted to the Entrepreneurs Organization and is among the few Canadians to be named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. And to top it off, he has received over 35 domestic and international awards for business innovation and thought leadership. A part of his work with these global brands has also been calling out traditional banks he works with and asking them if they're really doing enough to help us get out of debt, seeing as three out of every four millennials are in debt. We talk about what banks need to be doing why digital banks are leading the way, and a few of the biggest money lessons he's learned from investing apps that will help you save for your own retirement. Let's get into the chat. I mean, you have such a diverse and fascinating background, and I'm so excited to to talk with you and, and learn from your expertise. I love that you're quoted by Forbes as the premier millennial expert. I think that is like such a fun title, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so they say it's, uh, it's, it's funny because we, you know, um, I spent a lot of time studying this generation and, and Gen Z and, you know, for millennials in particular, uh, over 3000 every single year. And so it's really cool to see, uh, just some of the trends over time. And, and it's funny because they're at this point in their lives where every major milestone's happening now. Right. Like, when you th- like 19 to 39, like, man, that's a, that's a big, big range. Um, and so, you know, a lot of organizations from like a, a marketing perspective, from a, from an HR perspective, they're shifting from mass to millennial because they've come of age. So now exactly. everyone's trying to fight for them. So that's, it's, it's really, really fascinating to watch. And I talk about this a lot on the podcast. Obviously, I'm an advocate for this. Uh, but I mean, when it when it comes to money, I really believe that the millennial generation and even the the younger generation, Gen Z following behind them, yeah. they're very, very different. They have a very different set of, uh, gosh, it's just a different world coming at them in terms yeah. of money. And, and a lot of, yeah, a lot of people will argue back and forth with me, but is that something you see on your side as well? Oh, it's, yeah, it's completely changing. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of stereotypes here in terms of, you know, millenni- uh, millennials are lazy and entitled and they don't care about their finances. And I, and I think it's actually, it, it couldn't be more opposite. Um, and, and, and so my perspective on this is, 
you know, banks and financial institutions, look, they've been around for, 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 for decades and decades, and they've always been around to help us lead um, successful lives by, by, by means of financial security. So that hasn't changed. But what I think has changed is, you know, the definition of success. Um, and I would argue right. that, you know, for boomers, success was about stability. And so, you know, it, that's why these large companies made a lot of sense and hierarchy was well received. Stability was this vision of success. So then you get to the next generation, Gen X, which, you know, success was was really about being sort of this young and affluent and 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 just changing the relationship between time and reward. So 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 that change, and then now you you pivot to this generation where um, success is about pleasure, you know, and and so like travel, <laughs> yeah, travel's a number one lifestyle value. Yeah. Um, and and some banks are getting that, you know, like Wealth Simple is an example. Um, and this was like a couple months ago. I was on their homepage, and right on the homepage in the banner, it says, "Invest in travel life." Wow. Yeah. And it didn't talk at all about 5% returns and, you know, and, and, and no, no commissions and things like that. And I thought that that was a great example of a bank who, who at least understands the value uh, uh, or the definition of, of millennial success and the values. And, you know, it's paying off for them. I mean, they've got, what, $4 billion in assets, uh, assets under management, $4 billion in investments. And the, the, the last stat that they were publishing was that, 85% of the customer base is under 45. So wow. yeah. for everybody who says, well, no, millennials aren't saving money, I say, well, look at the people, look at Well Simple, look at Acorns as an example, where they've captured the the mindshare of this generation because they understand the values. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's it's crazy because experts, money experts, um, you know, I'm a CFP, but there are plenty of my counterparts that still want to live by those, you know, 10 set of rules or whatever yeah. it may be, that there's yeah. this checklist and that we all have to flow through this same progression through life. And yeah. I'm just really happy that we're finally standing up and having a different language around that, because I think it's really important for people to realize we're all different. So we're not going to go through the shoot the same way. Exactly. And, and because, you know, it all, it all really stems from, from values. And I, I would say that if I look at m millennials are very different. If you look at like the single, um, defining moment of any generation, I would argue for millennials, it's the, it's the, the, the 2008, 2009 financial crisis. Yes. And so what we learned from that is that we cannot trust institutions, we cannot trust governments. And I mean, just look at the sequence of events. So you got, what, September 15th, Lehman Brothers, they file for bankruptcy. Um, six weeks later, you, you, you see the, the the Bitcoin paper surface talking about a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. Like, we we value transparency. And I think that in the, I would argue anyway, in, in the world of financial institutions and banking, there isn't a whole lot of trust and transparency. And I think that they're getting better with that. But it was it was like this, well, you need us anyway. So <laughs> we don't really have to earn your loyalty. We're a crutch for you, an important crutch. And I think that that's changing because now you've got these digital banks that are that are popping up where millennials are like, yeah, I mean, I'll pay for what I value, but I'm not going to pay for the overhead and infrastructure that you have that, that, that you need somebody to cover.
Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like we didn't have a whole lot of choices up until maybe even like five years ago really was when the wave of doing things different, I think it definitely started. And, you know, one of the things when we talk about banks, I know you're really passionate about this is, uh, you know, are banks doing enough to help us with our debt? Obviously debt is probably one of the biggest money fears. And so many of us are in debt. And I think there's also this language out there that if you're in debt, somehow you're bad or you're doing things wrong, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Um, But when we look at banks, even just traditional banks, you know, are they doing anything to help millennials with debt? Are they making it worse? I, I, I think I think they are, you know, they're trying, but I think they could be trying harder because a lot of times they'll sit down with bank execs and they'll say, well, what do they want? I mean, tell me what the unserved customer need is and we'll, we'll invest in making that happen. And I tell them, it's right in front of you. Look at mm-hmm. the app ecosystem as an example. That is a great reflection of what the unserved customer need is because that's why they exist because right, there's a yeah. the service that's not being offered to them. So, um, you know, like level money is a really good example of this and, and they were bought by, um, Capital One. They bought bought by Capital One earlier this year. And basically what the what the app does is it takes your take home income, uh, it, it takes out all of like your fixed expenses, your predictable expenses, and then it sets aside a little bit of money for savings, and then it'll tell you what is a spendable amount of money every month. Interesting. And, and that to me, like that's a convenience that the banks are not offering. If you are sitting on troves and troves of data and you know our spending habits and you know generally demographics and maybe we're going to be, you know, in the market to buy a home at some point in the next 5 years, then then you have that data. You you can run very mature machine learning models that are out there to predict um what these needs are and to be a little bit more predictive with the services that you put forward. So I I say to the bank execs Look, we're in the market for conveniences and look at the app ecosystem. Like Mint is another great one, which is free. And it's a tool to see all your finances in, in one place. Um, looks at your cash flow, assesses that, automatically assigns budgets. That's what's missing. But they, they don't seem to be prioritizing that yet. Do you think it's just because there are, the bigger banks are like, well, you know, we're, we've got this much money. This is the way we've been doing things and we don't need to change. Or do they recognize that maybe they're going to get uh, outrun by, you know, mm-hmm. these smaller startup banks that are really providing service? Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, I think a lot of them are, are hitting that analysis paralysis state. And, and, and to their credit, it's not just emerging technology that is disrupting them. I mean, we, you know, the PSD2, which is the payment services directive um, in the EU, they are changing legislation around how banks um, control our our information and our finances. And so they're also being 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 disrupted by regulation. So in, in, in like in a nutshell, like what PSD2 um, will bring is it's letting customers use third parties to manage their finances. So you know, in theory, uh, I could use Facebook to pay my bills and do e-transfers and monitor how I spend my money without ever having to 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 deal with Bank of America as an example. Um, wow. That's what PSD is going to bring. And so, you know, the that's that's 
in the EU right now, and that's emerging, and that's causing a lot of a lot of um, turmoil, I would say, <laughs> because people are like, well, wh- the banks are saying, what do we do about this? So banks now are sitting back thinking, yeah, I got to delight the customer, etc., but we have to rethink what business we're in. And so I think I, I personally see there's two kind of camps that kind of come up. Is one is you've got the people that are trying to build this marketplace, and so they're um, you know banks are going out to third parties to 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 get more services through the vendors, and sometimes they're transparent and say, hey, we're partnering with company X, um, or they're trying to do like a white label arrangement, and I guess. You know, in that scenario, it's like you're this one-stop shop, like you're curating multiple services. The 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 other camp that I'm seeing is banks that are saying, "Listen, we we don't want to be that one throat to choke, so we will be the platform that will um, provide you know premium access, and we got to find a way to monetize that premium access, but to our customer data, um, so that vendors that are building you know businesses on top of our infrastructure." Um, we, we're selling essentially the customer data to them to then deliver these these cool experiences. So that is like a fundamental change in the in the business model. That's what I think they're trying to figure out. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. So how long do you think those regulations in the UK will take for it to get something like that over here? Well, you know, I you know I I think I look at GDPR as an example about about you know data governance and um, pretty much like every global company. I mean, they're kind of forced to comply with GDPR. I think in the next, so I I, I parallel it to that. So I think if PSD two, I would say within the next you know, two to five years, there's going to be some real uh, business model changes that we're going to see from the banks. Um, and I think you're going to see the two camps, you're going to see the marketplace players, and then you're going to see the platform players. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I also believe, though, in the short term, to win customer market share, you can still, you know, there's small things that you can do, you can still use, you know, machine learning mo- models that are already out there, that you can run in your data sets to, to proactively engage them. I think that um, so they can they can do a bit of defense before or while they're also planning what their what their business model will be in the next five years. Wow, <laughs> that's fascinating. So, like looking at it from like a consumer standpoint, mm-hmm. how how do you figure out maybe? what is the best bank for you or where you you fit the best you know provided these tools like is is there any advice for consumers that are trying to navigate all of this well i you know i think it's it's a good question i mean i think that it's about to get a lot better <laughs> for customers <laughs> because we're going to have way more options way more conveniences and banks are going to work you know a heck of a lot harder than they've had to in the past um I, I, where I see there's an opportunity is for is for people to make a little bit of extra money um, working with these you know financial kickback apps and you see so as an example like Rakuten uh, or PayMe as an example what what these guys are doing is they're creating these apps that will give you cash back when you shop at specific retailers and so you could take a look at who these retailers are and if you're already shopping there anyway what you do is you essentially connect your banking account with these platforms. Um, and what they're getting out of it is obviously the the spend data, sure. and and for retailers, super important because yeah, you got loyalty programs, but maybe what five percent of your shoppers are part of your loyalty program. You're hungry for that data, so they're willing to pay for that. Um, and then you're also getting some kickbacks. So I think that those are 
we're seeing a big rise in that. There's a lot of these financial kickback apps that are popping up. I think it's a great way to earn a little bit of, of extra of extra money. Um, but again, that's predicated on you sharing that information with with these apps. And I I, I think consumers are are okay with it. I think a, a lot of the times for millennials, they'll say, yeah, we're fine to share it so long as we're getting greater conveniences. But I think the challenge will be, and I think this is something to watch out for as a customer, is these newer players, I would really start to pay attention to what are their cybersecurity standards and protocols because yeah. like, that's a huge, huge risk. How do you so, figure that out though? Like how, how would you investigate that as a consumer? Yeah, I mean, well, now that like banks are talking more and more about that, how they're using AI to to fight off some of the evolving cybersecurity threats. Um, I'm starting to see that now on, you know, financial institution homepages and apps like PayMe and Rakuten, like they address that pretty, pretty thoroughly because that's one of the biggest kickbacks. So I would look for that content. Uh, and if it's not there, I would question it. Um I think for any of the major banks, there's, I'm starting to see them talk about that more publicly and openly as you know they're connecting the other APIs and things like that. Um, but it should be pretty, pretty you know front facing, customer facing. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. These are things that you should be looking at. I think it's really easy to be. I hate to use the word lazy because I've done yeah. that myself, but not investigate and not really like follow the track of where your money's at and the ethics of the company or whatever you can you can find. But yeah. if if your money is someplace or your data is someplace, there's some responsibility there. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. So I think that that's that's something from a customer standpoint that that we should really sort of step up with. Uh, but again, it's gonna get it's gonna get great because there's just lots of different platforms coming up. Um, what's another one too that's that's uh, you know that we hear a lot in the focus groups? Robinhood. Is oh yeah, one. yeah. So I mean, like they made a ton of noise with with like stock trading with no fees, right? Like that was their major right. thing. And so. Um, I mean, look, they're making money on the interest of the customer deposits to the float. But, you know, there is this freemium model where you can pay for for more premium support. And, you know, it's 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 again convenience, one platform that that lets you trade crypto and stock and options all in all in one all in one app. So um and, and they're probably gonna IPO later this fall. So there's lots of these like amazing companies that are surfacing. Um, so I think it's going to get, it's going to get really, really good. I just think the banks are, uh, really trying to figure out how do we keep up? How do we offer more personalization, um, in, in the experience and then realize too, I, I they're realizing that it's gotta be omni-channel. Um, they're investing in like these chat bots and like customers are talking to them. And then when they connect by phone, they have to repeat themselves. So they're trying, <laughs> right. You, and so, so you've got to integrate all of that. I think that that's another area where banks need to focus on is how do you connect all the dots? Because it's got to be convenient. It's got to be one seamless customer experience. Um, and now's the time. Look, you, you have to, you're not only being disrupted by technology, regulation is forcing you to, to have to innovate. Now's the time to rewrite the model. Um, and there's tons of players out there. So I, I, I think it's also exciting for them. I, I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of acquisitions uh, of, of some of these apps that, that we just talked about. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? 
If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle, full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. 
The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talking money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's Tuesday, and that means we've got an Ask Shauna, and this one comes from Benjamin. And Benjamin says, hey, Shauna, thanks for all the podcast episodes. Every time I have a favorite new episode, another one comes up, and then I have a new favorite. I like that you keep it fresh. I have a question, and I'm not quite sure how to ask it best. There are lots of ideas out there around money, meaning apps, companies that provide products and services, etc., and I'm never really sure if something is right for me. I Google a lot of things, and sometimes the reviews are so mixed, I just never know what to do. Any ideas on how I can figure out what might be good for me or even how I can vet certain companies and ideas? Benjamin, (laughs) this is a great question. And I agree, there is so much noise out there and it can be really hard to figure out what makes sense for you. Even on this podcast, we have so many different guests, so many different topics. And my idea is just to bring you lots of ideas and then yeah, you got to do a little behind the scenes and figure out whether this works for you because not everything works for everyone. And sometimes you might think something feels not right and other times you might really jive with it. So I think it really comes down to a couple of things. 
First, I think you really have to think about, and this may seem really, I don't know, I don't know the right words, but this this might seem crazy to even suggest this, but I think you really have to start with what is the vision of life you want? That can tell you a lot about what products, companies, et cetera, will actually fit into that vision. Let me give you an example. I have a friend and she wants to live in the Midwest and she thinks that guaranteed income, having guaranteed income in her retirement is really the sweet spot. She doesn't want to take on a ton of risk in the stock market, but knows that she's going to need a lot of cash well beyond her savings account. So that is where her quest is, is to find products and ideas for her money that really meet those needs. She's not interested in really fancy investment concepts or anything that you might classify as risky. Is she right? Is she wrong? Only she knows the answer to that question, but she vets out those products and companies that really align with her vision of life, and she tries to put blinders up so nothing else kind of gets in the way of that. And your vision, it can change, and it's going to change over time. Maybe you love risk right now, but maybe in a few years, you're like, okay, not so much. And then I think the second thing is, yes, of course, you absolutely need to vet. I'm a huge fan of vetting. I vet every company that I've ever helped a client uh, work with, whether it's life insurance or retirement or investing. And I'm not just talking about reading Yelp or Google reviews because those are really opinion-based on someone else's vision of that company. So again, they're coming at it with their vision, not your vision. So you have to do your own investigation. And this really means, I think, talking to somebody at the company and asking the questions that you have to figure out whether you feel good about whatever they're offering. I'll give you another example. I had a friend that was convinced that they wanted to invest with one of these really popular investing apps. So, you know, I said, perfect. Why don't you email them and ask them some of the questions or talk to them directly and just make sure that, again, it aligns with your values, your vision, all of those sorts of things. And he was convinced that they wouldn't talk to him. But look, these companies survive on customers. So it's really in their best interest to make sure that you feel super comfy. So, He had a few back and forth conversations and his excitement over this particular app really dimmed. And he realized he, he wanted something that was really into social investing and found out that this company really wasn't focused on social investing. And, uh, that part of it was really only accessible to higher net worth investors, which he was not. So he just went on to find another company, but that process asking those questions helped him figure out what works and what doesn't work. And yes, again, not every product or company is going to work for you. You really got to get your vision and then ask these questions. Ask every single question you have until you feel comfy and don't rely on the reviews so much or even what someone says on this podcast. Of course, if the reviews are like flat out bad, then I don't know, maybe you give it some credit, but you have to make an educated decision based on the life that you want to live. Otherwise, you'll just continually flip-flop and really never make a decision going forward. So I hope that helps, Benjamin. Amazing question. And anyone else who might be feeling this kind of pull between reviews and hype and just generally not sure what direction to take. As a reminder, if you have an Ask Shauna question, head on over to the link in the show notes. You can send me your question. You can send it anonymously. I don't even have to read your name. 
but I would love to answer your question, and I'm sure everyone else listening would love to hear your question as well. You know that business idea that you've had that is lurking in your head? I think it's time you breathe some life into it and make it a reality. Take it from me, someone who's been creating business ideas for over 20 years now. For me, it all starts with a name. What are you going to call your new business idea or company? Once you've got a stellar name in mind, head quickly over to bluehost.com to register your URL and set up your website hosting before someone else snags your amazing name. I have over 25 URLs registered on Bluehost just in case I want to use them in the future. And what I love about Bluehost is how affordable it is to register your domain and get your website up and running fast. With my special URL, bit.ly slash Bluehost Money. You can register your domain name and set up hosting for your website all for only $3.95 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee to start building your business empire. Again, head on over to bit.ly slash Bluehost Money to get this special offer. Do you think there's ever comes this like tipping point for the consumer where there's almost too much to choose from, from like a digital money management tool perspective, like trying to figure out like, well, this app's got this and this one's Uh got that. And like everything is almost so segmented segmented that it becomes more confusing than the purpose of it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Cause how many apps do you want to have to manage your finances? I mean, ideally you want one. And I think that that's where the advantage of the banks um, that they can really exploit is look at, look, which which applications are really taking off? Do some smart acquisitions where, you know, uh, um, for example, like Mint is built right into the actual banking platform that they have or, you know, an investment service like Acorn. So I think that if, if they could make some smart acquisitions, customers are going to benefit from that because it's, 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 again, it's one place to go to. Um, and yeah, we, that's what we expect is like these, these, these conveniences, one, one place to do all of our, all of our stuff. Like I'll use like Amazon's a, a great example. Right. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're like synonymous with personalization and premium omni-channel customer experiences. Like they're taking that a step farther. And, you know, I'm not sure if you've heard of the, the anticipatory chip model that they have, but they, which they patented five years ago. What it is essentially is that they are now planning to ship products to customers before customers say they want them. <laughs> that's, and, that's fantastic. That, it, that's really going to help us a lot with our debt too, right? <laughs> well, exactly, right? So, and, and, and they, look, they talked publicly about it earlier this year. And so you know what that means. Within 18 months, we're going to yes. see it. So that, and, and that brings up a really good point, which is in today's, you know, today's digitally transformed era, look, spending money has never been easier. You, For sure. You, you know, Amazon, you're bored at night. You you can order up a bunch of stuff. You don't even remember what you ordered. Um, <laughs> you, you know, like you want you want to grab, you know, a, a ride, grab a lift. You want, you know, food, just eat, skip the dishes, Uber Eats. Like it's so easy to spend money. And that's why I think for millennials and Gen Z, we need these money management tools. We need banks to help us with that because um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a quick way to really spiral. Um, yeah. And that's why, that's why level money is really good because it'll, it'll look at how much you spend and say, look, 
based on that and all your expenses, your fixed and variable, you you have that much to spend every month on on leisurely things. Yeah, it's such a good point. Yeah, it's such a good point. I mean, it's really one of the like uh, foundational elements of why I do this podcast is just to at least have a place where we could a like break down the taboos about talking about money, but also that we could become aware of these things so that yeah, of course, we're going to get our Ubers and our Amazons and all sorts of things. But we also have some sort of insight to not, you know, let the ship like totally flip over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I think too, I think we, what we need is um, um we need all like it starts in education too. I think what we need is is schools to really start to add you know personal finance to the curriculum. And and, and the last stats that that I was reading anyway was that um, it was only what sixteen percent of students in the U.S. are required to take a personal finance course to graduate from high school. Yes. And so, like, what are we doing with bridging that financial literacy gap? I think it's like a moral and ethical problem question you know i mean yeah. really believe like we're if we're teaching all these other subjects like money is it touches every aspect of your life yeah. so there is some sort of responsibility to at least have a foundational education whether you forget it all or not that's a whole other question but at least to have a familiarity and to have it not be this taboo topic. Exactly. And I think that, you know, some, some, um, schools are making, are making steps. I mean, and I'm speaking specifically as we look at high school, like that K to 12 segment, I mean, some schools are bringing in tools, you know, like mint and TurboTax and stuff like that to actually have students learn real world I'll call them like life skills. Like these aren't really finance skills. These exactly. are life skills. And so, you know, if you can have students wanting to talk about personal finances with their parents and talk about, you know, their taxes, I think that that's a really important conversation. So I think that what education needs to do is look at how they bring these real world tools into the classroom. And there's tons of free programs. This is what kills me is that, the schools don't have to pay for that. Like, you know, I know for a fact, like, for example, the Minton TurboTax step, you can get that in your classroom for free for schools. Why aren't we doing that? Yeah, um, I, I, I beg the question. Yeah, I, I, I have no answer. It's, it's completely disheartening. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, as we look at how society is changing and it's so easy to spend money, I think that these kind of fundamental life skills are really, really important. So I hope, I really hope um, we have more empowered educators that can that can help with this because, like, look, Gen Z. I think that they're growing up in a time where everything is on demand. You know, I've got I've got an eight year old and a five year old who are who are part of Gen Z, and like <laughs> my eight year old and five year old will touch every screen and thinking it's a touch screen, and I'm like, no, that that's a screen, and they're thinking it's broken. Um, so they're growing up in this different era. Uh, so there's like a lot of, you know, these life skills, it's like societal things too. I don't want to get too much off topic, but like, you know, for example, I, I like, I look at the way my kids talk to, uh, Alexa or Google home. I love that. And, yeah. And, 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 and they're taught all the time. And, uh, sometimes they're using it for school homework and other times it's putting on like ridiculous content on the, on the TV. But <laughs> like all of these voices are female voices. And so how are we talking to these devices? We're snapping at them saying, do this for me, do that for me. Uh, yes. like, these are like broader societal 
uh, impact that I think we need to think about with digital transformation. Like, I, wow. I think I think we're I think we're going to need to figure that out. I, I, I think like I look at I look at other things um, like just just how they um, how they're so addicted to the dopamine hit of getting likes and comments and stuff like that. For sure, like, for sure. I think that that's another thing that we need to watch out for. And and um, we're, we're you know even Facebook talked publicly and Instagram talked publicly about how they withhold likes on accounts whereby you know you post something like wait how come nobody liked it and then they release all you get 10 15 likes at once it's a dopamine hit it, it's addiction so mm, wow we need to figure out okay if the gamification works then how do we maybe bring that back to financial literacy how do we bring that back to you know banking where you know maybe we can we can drive some education in, in that same way but anyway yeah, more more wow. societal yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of curious of all this like research that you've done on on banks and financial yeah. apps. Um, is is there anything like any money lessons that that you've learned through investigating all these companies that have like helped you with your own financial journey? Yeah, I you know what I think that that the biggest one is that a lot of people think that you need a ton of money to invest. And so right. what I really like about the Acorns platform is that. That, that like it actually flipped it on its head. It said, "Listen, what we'll do is we'll automatically invest um, some spare change from your from your purchases. So it'll round it up to the next dollar. So you buy something for twenty four eighty, it'll round it up to twenty five. And once you hit a five dollar threshold, um, it takes that money out of your uh, like it withdraws it and he puts it into a personalized stock portfolio." And what I like yeah. about that is that it takes that scary concept of investing and it makes it just very accessible and super affordable because I think it's like a buck a month is, is, is what these things start at. So um, I would say that, look, you may not, especially like the, the leading Gen Z and millennials, you may not be making you know, a whole lot today, but there are lots of platforms out there um, that will help you save. And if you start now with, these small amounts, like the spare change roundups, you can actually have a meaningful retirement uh, or, or a retirement fund. So I would say you got to you got to start now. Like it sounds, you know, when growing up, you always people would always say that, oh, you got to start investing your money. But uh, there are now apps and solutions that make it so easy and it's fun. I love that. Wow. Andrew, this has been so fantastic. I'd love for you to leave us maybe like one piece of advice or wisdom that you think maybe everyone should remember when it comes mm. to thinking about like the relationship between themselves, their money and, and banks. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, hmm. I would say, you know, I, it goes back really to like, there's, there's, you can start saving money now with, with, with a little bit of money. Um, and just like the, the, the plethora of apps that are out there, like the kickback apps too, that you can make an extra buck. I would just say, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're sitting there at night and I can relate to this because <laughs> it happens to me all the time and you know, you're bored and you fire up Amazon, think twice. Do you, I really need to buy that? Because I think that that, if we can, you know, activate that prefrontal cortex a little bit more and get that, that rational thinking, it can save us from a lot of financial hardship. So 
those like, you know, the, 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 those spends that you don't need to make, just think twice about it. Maybe, maybe how about this? Here's an actionable tip. Take Amazon off your home screen of your phone <laughs> so that it's a one extra step that you have to scroll to get that app before you make a spend that maybe you don't need to. I love that. That's such a great piece of advice. Uh, Andrew, this has been great. I'd love for you to tell listeners where they can find you and connect with you. Absolutely. So so um, they can find me on LinkedIn, um, Andrew, out, last name AU. So yeah, send me a note on LinkedIn. would love to connect and uh, always would love to hear from people in terms of you know, what content do they want to know? I mean, you know, I talk a lot about uh, millennials, new market economies, um, and digital transformation. So really anything around like, what does the future of this industry look like? Or um, even a common one is like, what do we put our kids into now? You know, what are, what are, the, what are the jobs of the future? What does the class of 2030 look like? Um, so hit me up on LinkedIn and uh, we'd love to have a conversation. There's nothing better than having a good conversation with somebody about a topic that I'm also super passionate about. Whether it's traditional banks or the way we save for retirement, digital apps are no doubt creating this new money reality for us. And I don't know about you, but it makes me excited for money and for the future and just all the different ways that we can interact with our money in an easy, approachable way. If you want to connect with Andrew, head on over to his LinkedIn profile. The link will be in the show notes. And listen, if you've enjoyed this episode, jump over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and share the millennial money love with your friends. Until next time, I'll see you back here for a fresh new episode. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.